Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to Quiet, Please. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hiya, boys. Nice day for golf, eh? Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the... Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. <laughs> Why am I good? All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Another episode of... Shh. Quiet, please. Alan DePew, your host for the next uh, 45 minutes or so, and we have four. We're playing as a foursome tonight. Players are changing. They're moving in and out. It's almost like live, Andy. (laughs) Almost. Almost. Similar yet different, but where's Ogletree? Hashtag. Um, All I'm going to say is this. I am joined by my Mr. Consistency, Mr. Andy Hydorn of Q Mixers. Gentlemen, nice to be with you all. Always a pleasure, Andrew. Always a pleasure. To my left, some call him Boston. We call him Bourbon. He's Bobby Baldessari. We got to figure out a grandfather name for me and for somebody else along the way. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Congrats on that. And folks, everything's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. You know why? Because the prettiest podcaster in golf is back. The one, the only, lower in our age are our demographics, Christian Nazamus. What's up, boys? What's been up, a minute. buddy? The Vegas boy. The been Vegas boy. You've been in Vegas. You've been in Philly. You've been in Harrisburg. You've been in Orlando. Florida. Everywhere. I've been everywhere. Hell. What is that? I've been everywhere, man. Hey, nothing nothing will beat when I'm sitting in Orlando's airport, by the way, and I get a text from Andy saying, hey, can you give me a call? And I said, sure. And I gave him a call. And the next thing you know, he didn't mean to call me as he meant to call someone else by the name of Christian. And I go, what, am I not important? So I was a little offended by the big bro there for a bit. I said, you're important, but, you know, at this point in time, I'm going to have to find the other Christian. All right, I so was a little, a little upset there. I popped a tear on the airplane. <laughs> dab, Not- dab. Noticeably, hey, noticeably absent. We, got, I want to chime in here because uh, BE is doing BE things. He has like a hundred and fifty or more entries. I heard, understand for the little linksters best golf swing. Bobby, what what's that all about? Oh, he's been uh, Brendan's been doing this for years. He gets it, the most impressive panel to vote on this one as you've ever seen in your life i mean jack jack, jack um, nicholas annika yeah it's like first name like if you say the first name that's yeah. all it's yeah. one of those deals you, you've arrived uh, so yeah you've arrived when you you can just say the first name it's kind of like christian like christian yeah 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 it, it, it's apparently just, that wasn't enough for me though <laughs> <laughs> close it's getting close to every time yeah. Yeah, he does so, a great job. Elaborate further. LittleLinksters.org, by the way. We support it. You should, too. Especially if you're in the Orlando area. Yep. 
Yeah, does a great job. Get those swings in him. And and yep. the coolest thing about that too is his, you know, peewee swing competition produces some of the most phenomenal golf swings you'll ever see. Unreal. From the littlest people on the planet. Did, did, didn't this, uh, and by the way, the competition, it, it did end, unfortunately. We're recording on uh, Tuesday night. It ended on Monday. They extended it a little bit. Um, but I'm not joking. He's got like an insane amount of submissions for this thing. And I think this year he actually had to introduce a, like a five-year-old grouping or even less than that because he's getting so many submissions from young talent. I'm telling yeah, you, if, if you, if you're a golfer that appreciates a good golf swing, do a search and find this, this, it's called the, the best peewee swing, right, Bob? Yeah, well, you'll, it'll probably come up when you do that, but yeah, uh, just, yeah, Google Little we'll Linksters. We'll go to Little Linksters, yeah. Yeah, so if you if you want to partake in looking at some of the best, prettiest golf swings you'll ever see, it's it's a phenomenal um, thing. Christian's got prettiest copyrighted, just saying. I was going to say, if you want to go see the prettiest swing in golf, just go to Mr. Alan DePew. <laughs> The guy tells me he shoots 78 down with his sons and he's going to quit golf like a month ago. This is it. Self-imposed retirement. Yeah, you sound like me on the golf course when I was a kid, too. I always say I used to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm See, gonna quit. I, I swear to God, after I shot like double double snowman with uh, at the club managers in uh, back in July 13th or July 10th, I didn't pick up a stick until I went to, to down to Pinehurst. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't miss it. I know that's bad. That's like blasphemy. I get it. We're, I'm in the golf business. This is a golf podcast. I should be playing golf all the time. Fuck it. I didn't want to play golf. <laughs> You're just a naturally gifted athlete. That's the problem here. You're just yeah, a naturally gifted athlete who has a very hot putter. I do. <laughs> all the time. Sometimes she's got to get away, and the AD swing might have a little bit of AI in it. That's right. You could that's probably right. putt better than some other. Ryder Cup picks that. Well, you know what? You know what? Hang on one second, because I want to come back to something with B. But yeah, I like I like where you're going, Christian. Where it's all about me. Okay. (laughs) But let me just tell you about my little Southern Pines, because I didn't see you. Because well, you don't come see us anymore. Everybody's out there clamoring. Do you know how many messages I get all the time every week? Where's Christian? When's Christian coming back? Please tell me Christian didn't leave the show. We miss Christian. I'll never leave you boys. You guys know that. I'm never going to leave you guys. You know, F that also. Andy can't get rid of me that easily. I'm fired can't get rid of me that easily. I know he wants to, but he can't get rid of me that easily. I'm his little bro. He can't do I'm, that. I'm fired up, and I haven't even had any of Bob's bourbon. Who am I going to have bourbon with? Who? The one and only? Bourbon Bob. You got to. Christian way to go. Is, is the glue of the Quiet Please podcast. Christian, I got to tell you funny, though, right? All right. So here's the funny. The third, uh, third hole, third hole or fifth hole. Any, anyway, uh, at Southern Pines, first day because that's the only day I played well, <laughs> right? Yeah. As you know, son number one, he could bond, so he bombs it, right? He hits his second shot into this par five and actually hits it over the green, so. Big bomb it, struggling to make his par. Matter of fact, I think he needs six. I bunted it. I bunted it again. I blade it right. 
in a bunker, bladed over the green, wedged it in. <laughs> You're the man. No photos, no scorecard. They That's the beauty of golf, them. is that they're, they where's all the tree? They both dropped their putter. Number 11, hit it down there, hit it fat, lands up there in front of the green. Andy, you would have been proud of this. Oh, uh, two, two, easily a two foot break, probably about 50 footer. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Always proud and never surprised. How's that? On my uh, my 18 birdies app, which by the way, shameless plug, if they'd like to sponsor us, on my 18 birdies app, I uh, I recorded zero putts. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. All that course management, course management, which then leads into my second point of, of be. Thank you, Bobby. Right, I knew you going. I was not here for Scott Fawcett. Christian miss miss Scott Fawcett. Be implemented decade golf. Yeah. With some of his students this week, would you like to chirp in with? And I mean, Andy can chime in on just the overall decade golf, but would you like to regurgitate what BE was was telling us? And in, in I think he even posted on his social. Yeah, well, the gist of it is he's got that going with some of his uh, students as youth golfers. Um, after that show, we I had a bunch of people reach out to me and say. Um, Hey, I checked out that Decade Golf website. I'm going to sign up. I talked to the high school golf coach here at Woodford High School here in, in uh, Versailles, Kentucky, and he's implementing it. Um, you know, I, it's just such a solid, solid way of looking at getting around the golf course, helping yourself map around the golf course in uh, some innovative ways. Sometimes people think course management is dry, and I'm not Ben Hogan, and I just it's like, no, 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 this is there to help you. And you're going to have a lot of bad days on the golf course physically with your swing. This is going to help you map your way around to try to save shots and do better. It's a fantastic way. Andy, do they really call it Versailles? It, they, it's called Versailles in Kentucky. Just like it's, in Boston, it's, it's the Boston. Dumbing, the uh, dumbing uh, down of America. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the, the names back home in New England. But yeah, it's called Versailles here. That's too funny. Yep. All right, Andy, give us an overview because Christian missed the the whole uh, interview, which actually I missed it also, but good stuff. Decade is awesome. And and for our listeners that were on that night, Scott, you know, went off on some, some really cool kind of explanations and tangent arguments about what it's all about and some of the pushback he gets from other people but in general what decade does is it it is a data-driven tool that that basically gets you out of the old standard mindset of you must aim at this fairway this part of the fairway this part of the green and what it really does is it, it uses strokes gained and this is how he developed decade it uses strokes gained to figure out you know you may be better off driving it into the rough um, on the proper side with the proper approach to the green than you are into the fairway on some shots. And, you know, going for pins, front pins, back pins, left pins, right pins, it just really, you know, kind of puts some logic and in, in data behind strategy as to how people work their way around the golf course. And it's it's really a, a, 
a very contemporary way to look at things because we're all about data now and we all have you know the opportunity to get on google earth and and look at kind of the the overheads of some of these golf holes that are out there and and uh and frankly that's how he got going with this using using his google earth and and um but it's a really it's a really fascinating program um with some good insight data driven like i said and and anybody who's really interested in in uh really you know not worrying about your swing so much but worrying about how you're playing the game would benefit greatly from looking into decade golf so two two points before christian can chime in one I didn't realize I was so far ahead of the game when I was driving it into the rough to to play a hole. That I, I, that was newsworthy to me. It has and to two, be on purpose, Alan. Oh, and two, um, it's funny because I actually we have we have one great little junior, great kid, uh, Joe Banesh. Shout out, Joe. Get back to college. Start working. Work on your game. Okay. He was qualifying for an event this, and we literally pulled it up on Google Maps and said, I said, have you ever used Google Maps? And just said, okay, I hit it to here, I hit it to there, I hit it to there, I hit it to there, I, just to know my distances before to develop that game plan. I wish I had Google Maps when I played. Right. I would have been a never was. <laughs> Christian, got any thoughts well, on I, Decade? What was that? Got any thoughts on Decade? Um. Interesting to say the least, to be honest. I wish I had, I mean, I had Google Maps, but I never utilized it as much as I probably should have, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, uh, all I'm going to say is interesting. I'd like to learn more about it, to be honest with you, and actually have like a conversation to go more in depth with them on it. What I found interesting, and I'm trying to find the, the point that Brendan made, I'm actually on his social right now, where talking about with like short irons, you hit just to the center of the green. With mid irons, you're hitting to the. There was there was something about Andy. Did you see that, or was was Scott talking about that? He he talked about that. Okay, I missed that part. Go ahead. What what does that what does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean, in specific, what are you asking though? Because I mean, from a game from a strategic part to the game, you know, you're standing there, you got a short iron, and Christian, you played eagle. I mean. I'm on number 10 and I've got a nine iron in my hand and the pins tucked behind the bunker on the left side, which is probably about 12 feet deep, maybe. So this is decade in a nutshell for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the way they analyze is you have a nine iron in your hands. You know that the standard distance from the fairway with a nine iron from the hole is let's call it 30 feet. Okay. So if the pin is on the right front side near that deep bunker you want to make 30 feet really the edge of the green so that that perimeter of that that dispersion circle should be the edge of the green on the other side it's more toward the middle of the green so your dispersion circle of 30 feet covers you that you're not going to be in the bunker when you hit that shot if you miss if you miss right left short or long you're going to be in a good spot. And that in a nutshell is what decade is. I mean, if if let's say let's say your dispersion again is 30 feet for a nut. I don't know. Let's just say that Andy's internet sucks and it froze once again, Bob. But he looks good. You he know, does he's, look good. <laughs> he's starting to lean. All right. 
he was le- he, leaned, he leaned in and he leaned in and he and he just got like stuck there. Some of the best comments I think were, were we missed. It, this drives me crazy. <laughs> Our new sponsor is uh, the Elon Musk Starlink. AT and T. And kiss my ass. Can we get FiOS, please? <laughs> I do have yeah. the highest service of internet here as well, and it's apparently not good enough. <laughs> Sounds like you have a, a Hall of Fame bad internet. Yeah. All right. So 30 feet divert. So you're going to, you're going to aim to a spot where that 30 feet is going to guarantee that the ball is going to be on the green. Is that basically it in a nutshell? Or, or in an easy area to get it up and down. So even if that, what what if that area means off the putting surface? That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing about decade. Bobby, notice how you used appropriate terminology. Very nice. That's the whole thing about decade is don't get don't get wrapped up in needing to be on the green or the fairway. Because said hole actually has a massive ridge behind it's all, it's all about strokes gained. You could be like perfect example. You could be on a green with a massive ridge and you could be 20 feet from the hole and it's impossible to yep. two putt it. Yep. Right. Yep. But if you're on the other side right. in the rough next I mean, to the green, other than you know, obviously okay. aforementioned, mere mortals we're talking about mere mortals. <laughs> um, but if for if you're on the other side of the green, even in the rough, it's much easier to get it up and down than it is the two putt in some circumstances. So again, that's the whole basis of decade is understanding your strokes gained odds of getting it in the hole in the fewest shots. Is not always what you think it is. There you go, Christian. Your yes. your handicap's even going to go down further. My handicap right now is a one point one, and I haven't played golf in probably a few weeks, so I'm sure it's going up from there. But I am playing golf this Saturday, though, so I will let you. I will keep you posted on how bad I do. Oh, all right. You just could use your head out there. You know, you know Bob, I haven't really, I don't use my head out there anymore because I, I either have a drink in my hand or I hit the ball. I just want to have fun or a cigar in my hand for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who's uh, <clears throat> playing some golf right now? And this leads into the bulk of the show this week. I am referring to one Justin Thomas, who is posting on Instagram all over about how he's working hard on his game. Bobby, you weren't here last week. Christian, you weren't here. Let's just bring and now we have Luke Donald's picks. Let's go over it one more time. What's our thoughts? Love to hear your input. Bob, you go first. You team USA first. Uh let's see. Yeah. Um everything I've seen out there, the golfer, the consumer is not happy with the JT pick. And a couple of people said, Well, make him an assistant coach. If he's that good in the room, he's that good a cheerleader, then make him supportive, but go with the hot hand and the way the team is picked, it used to be the top top 12. But then the way they put the points together, there was some inadequacy because it was over two years. And Andy Hydorn would be really hot 18 months ago. And, yeah, he would cool off. But he, he made a bunch of points and he got on the team. I thought having a couple of picks made sense. Now you get six picks. Now it's is more interpretive as far as who's playing, who's not. Is it buddy system? Is it the good old boy network? Is he caring about 
Is it Lucas Glover, who is hot? Keegan's hot, and Keegan's a grinder, and Keegan wants to be on that team, but he's playing well. So now do you put somebody that hasn't been playing all that well, not a good record, can you magically turn the switch? That's tough to do. To me, you go with the person that's playing better, playing well, the hot hand. I, I agree with that. I'm, I've never played on tour. I've been a tournament player, and he's played tournament, Kristen. You know, when you're playing well, that can linger and linger and linger. I remember Ben Crenshaw said one time, as long as it takes you to get into a slump, it takes you that long to get out of the slump. So if that's the case with JT, he's not getting out of this slump, and he's going into the pressure cooker. I'm going to go out. I think the the European team can win this thing. I don't I think, think the U.S. I, I don't I don't disagree. I, and, I mean, Andy, uh, struggling. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on a struggling golfer going into the pressure cooker? Well, let's just talk about a struggling golfer in general, right? Um, and I'm a perfect example. I had... I had a really good stretch last year as we chronicled on the show um, for about a month. And it was really bad before then. And it's been really bad, even worse since then. And nobody's worked harder at me at trying to get through whatever it is that I'm dealing with and what I'm, what I'm doing wrong and trying to fix and, I just think that that in general, the whole process of getting out of those slumps is really, really hard. And and as our friend of the show, Dr. Stephen Yellen, um, calls it, he calls it swing prison. And Justin Thomas clearly is in that. I've been in it um, way too much. You start focusing way too much on what your golf swing's doing, not enough about how you're playing the game. And I think it's a real talent. It's a mindset talent, if you will, about how you actually go ahead and get out of those periods of poor play and get back into really playing golf like you you know how. Me personally, it's been a miserable year playing golf. Like I haven't played this poorly in 10 years. In this coming week, I leave Thursday to go to Amarillo for the Texas State Senior, which is the tournament that I, I lost in the playoff last year. Um, and it, it's a tournament that means the most to me. And I've sat here and watched it get closer and closer on the calendar. I've grinded and grinded and grinded on the practice tee. And I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a talent to figure out how to get out of those slumps and i'm not good at it i'm not good at it at all and it's it's you see some people play golf who are really good at just being consistently either good or really good and then you have people like me that i'm either good or i'm bad and i think that that's a problem and and i think there's a lot of people I think Jordan Spieth has that problem. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. there's a lot of people that that don't know how to manage that very well. And I've struggled really badly this year with that. Some of the so best things in golf are when you don't have expectations. When I, I did the same right. thing in college. I was That's going huge. through it in college. Um, I had a coach that was up our ass every, every week. If you miss that five-foot putt, you're not coming next week. 
you know, there it was, it was that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, I've played some of my best golf when I don't have expectations. I'm sitting on the range one day in Philly at a tournament in college, and I'm dead shanking the ball off the hosel every single swing. And I'm not doing anything different with my swing. And I go out and I shoot like 75. I don't know how I did it. But here's the thing, though, Christian, you hit the nail on the head because you can go about that two ways. Like you can be panicking on the practice tee because you're shanking everything. Absolutely. You can be, you can be trying all these fixes. You can be literally panicking or you could just say, you know what? I'm just not on today and whatever happens, happens. And hundred percent of the time, that second approach is what works. Absolutely. And in the, I can fix it approach hardly ever works. I agree. But if you think right now that JT is not thinking of that at the moment, I don't, nobody can convince me otherwise. JT's had a shitty year for JT. He's had arguably one of his worst year, if not the worst year he's had on tour in a ever, if not in a very long time. If you're telling me right now that arguably the biggest tournament of the year, and I put the Ryder Cup over any other major, to be honest with you, if you put that over, uh, if, if you're nervous going up to the first tee, which you should be, there's no way that he's not thinking about his bad performance all season. There, there has to be. Of course, he should be grinding right now. He should be out practicing and getting his game ready. Yeah, but I just the, don't... Point, the point is you can be grinding. You can be trying to get ready. But if you think that the answer is in fixing your swing, yeah, then you're going down the wrong path. 100% is not in fixing your swing. He's been doing that all summer. 100%. It's all right here. Swing. Yeah. It's all in your mind. It's all what you do. You got to have the confidence in golf. Golf, golf's between the ears. JT's yep. a phenomenal player. Nobody will take that away from him. He's arguably one of the best wedge players in the game. Arguably one of the best short game players, and he drives the ball a country mile. So he can easily make a make it a flip of a switch. But mentally, right now, he's not there. He's not. He's not in his game right now. He's out of his element. And, and I want to say, Bob, wasn't it wasn't it Bill Pressy who was who was making some comments about JT swing a few weeks yep. ago about. How he was, you know, kind of, I thought he was saying is how he was laying it off, wasn't he saying not that? laying it off, but just kind of releasing his angles a little early. Yep. Um, and that may be true, but everybody has DNA in their golf swing, right? Everybody's yeah. swing kind of looks like it does because you are who you are. And and if you're not willing to accept that and you're always trying to change who you are, sometimes it may work in the long run. And in a lot of cases, you're going to end up being, you know, kind of in a bad way for, for extended periods of time. I'm the worst at it. I'm the worst at it. I, I'm guilty. I saw somebody I, make a comment, like, hopefully JT doesn't become the next Duval, David Duval. Yeah. It, you know, but I was looking at the, uh, I mean, if you look at the Ryder Cup team for Europe, I think it's a, hell, it's a heck of a team. It's got a lot of big boys. The captains or the vice captains been around golf a long time, major winners. I think it's a heck of a team. I really do. I mean, I don't see that it's not going to be super competitive. And if you go with the home field advantage, you know, it could be big. McElroy on his game. Rom yep. on his game. Hovland, best player out there right now. He's not on his game. Yeah, he sucks. What did you do last by, week? The way, by the way, Christian, that's our boy, right? <laughs> Tommy, Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, back. Justin Rose, back. Not, maybe, not, 
Terrell Hatton, he'll hate the course. Yeah, um, but don't sleep on a couple of their other guys. Don't sleep on like a Seb Straka. He's Seb not Straka. used to a Ryder Cup, but he's playing better than JT. Aberg. Aberg? Yeah. Huh? The kid came out of nowhere, to be honest with you, too. I mean, but I'm telling you what, the bottom part of their team, because I'm looking at it right now, playing better than Spieth, arguably playing better than Morikawa as of late, arguably playing better than JT, obviously. That's a definite. I think anybody, I think he's literally the worst statistical player in this field, honestly. It, he, 30 JT, days is JT, a long Jack Johnson JT. is going to either look like a god or he's going to look like uh, Satan at the end of the day because he's either going to say, I'm, I just, I, I know something that anybody, nobody else does. If JT does not win a single match, hypothetically speaking, he's going to get looked at as the biggest bust that the U.S. has had for a Ryder Cup, in my opinion. Secondly, if he if he goes five and L, he'll look like a god. You're you're too young to make that statement. But all I'm saying is that he won't win a singles match because there's no way. You think you think right now if JT goes up against Rory? Oh, come on! What makes you think he's going to play Rory? I mean, I'm just saying, as an example, like, he can like, go up against Hatton. He can go up against Fitz. He can go up against Rose. He can go up against a struggling I, I John Rahm. I didn't even name Fitz in my little John Rahm, who who's also been struggling the last three months of his go- of the month of this season, can still beat JT right now. That's JT, how bad JT's JT can be. Every one of those guys. I understand that. I didn't say every he could one of those guys, but as of late, with how bad his game has been, any one of these guys, I'd even put Rob McIntyre over JT at the moment because JT's playing that bad. I I don't know how Rob McIntyre feels about that comment. <laughs> <laughs> you think I, he, the two people that I truly don't think right now that he could be on this team are Victor and Rory. Those if he goes up against those two and even a even a um, a team event. I What happened like I I just don't know. Who are you going to put him with? Speef? Somebody who he's comfortable with. I don't see. I don't see him. I don't see JT playing more than two, two matches. Right. Right. If that. Yep. It all. It all depends on what happens in his first match. He'll. I, he'll. He'll get it. Now they know leading up to Ryder Cup week how people are playing. I mean, we've seen that happen over the years where, you know, they know someone's not playing good the week of, and they don't get a. They don't get a match, right? I remember, I believe it was the either the the Brookline Ryder Cup or the Oak Hill Ryder Cup. Remember Yarmo Sandalin, the guy from yep. Sweden? Yep. Who used to wear those funky Oakley glasses, right? Um, he didn't play a match until singles. Yep. And at the end of the day, 30 days is a long time away. And some of the guys that are in good shape right now may not be playing good then, and vice versa. So you never know. Agreed. I mean, I think I, I just I just think it was such a bad decision. I I, I think Christian, you're right. He's either going to look he's, Zach's going to look amazing, or he's going to look be even question more, but. As I said, leading up to the selection, every one of the guys that I was going to pick, Ricky, which he did take, Lucas, and Keegan are all good putters. But how do you not choose Cam or uh, Cam Young? Because he's a bad putter. Uh, 
He's, he is a bad punter. He was ranked ninth in the standings. I, I agree. Ahead of any of them. No offense, and I, I, I really like this kid. Sam Burns has mm-hmm. no business being on this team. I'm sorry, but he has no Mor- business being Morikawa on Morikawa shoots 61, and everybody's like, oh, Morikawa. Morikawa is not a good putter. I know he's two-time major champion. He is not a good putter. But but let's let's be real here. At the end of the day, there is no decision that's good or bad until the Ryder Cup's over. One hundred percent, I agree completely. It's all speculation. So, the best so, player on this team for the U.S. is Brooks. I don't care who says it. It's Brooks. The ballsiest the ballsiest pick of the whole Ryder Cup was Luke Donald leaving Adrian Moronkov. Horrible and, decision. And taking Ludwig Aberg. Adrian Moronk won three times this year. Yeah. One of them was actually on the golf course for the Ryder Cup. The Italian opens held Marco De Simone, right? I mean, like that that's a ballsy person to leave off and and to put on a rookie who's been out here for what, four, five, six weeks? Was it was it it was it Abert or was it should he left uh Hogart or Lowry off the team? Who I think he should have left off the team. I don't know. I would say Hogart personally. That's just me. But we can we can judge after the Ryder Cup and see who was right. Right. I just keep I just keep going back and forth between these two teams. And right now, in my opinion, the European team has the slight edge over us. I hate to say it, but I think they do, just based off of how these people have played all season. Okay. And I'm looking at it ever since Wyndham Clark went off and, and won the U.S. Open. He's kind of, he hasn't really done much, to be honest. Still a great player. I'm not going to take anything away from these guys. Scotty's been playing like crap the last couple months, just like John Rahm has. And well, <laughs> yeah, it's like the best not player yet. on this team when you look at it from from a statistical category, as well as who's the best player today in a major style settings. Brooks Kepka, hands down. Nobody, I, I'm a firm believer that when Brooks is in that zone, he's playing good golf. We just saw it at Oak Hill. If he's in contention, he, he he's very tough to beat. Very tough to beat for a major. So Bob is the only sitting PGA member on the panel tonight. What say you? For what? <laughs> what you've been you've been strangely quiet, Mister Baltzari. No, it's been entertaining having Christian here and letting him fire at the pin. Um, no, I mean, I said it earlier that I, I'm looking at this European team and I think they're solid. I think the home course advantage, the the culture, everything. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a match. I, I can see European winning. Uh, to Andy's point, the – yeah, after the match, after the fact is when you – you know, did he make a good choice or not? But I – I, I just wonder right now if there's any any undermining turmoil leading up because it's all about this JT pick. It's these picks. So if he let's just say, well, just for the heck of it, uh, Zach says we're going with Keegan Bradley and Glover. Like, does that make life smoother? Is that does everybody get behind it? Is now all right? JT is going to be an assistant captain, the assistant captain number seventeen, whatever. You know, I just wonder like the leading up. If now, does it galvanize the room and everybody gets together and puts their arms together and go, hey, we're going to fight for JT and he's going to play good? Could definitely happen. Um, I'm just wondering, like, on the front end, now they got to go all this questioning, all this Q&A, all this discourse. 
you know, does that help or not? Well, well we, we, we hear for years, one of you guys even probably said it in our group text, we've heard for years about Ian Poulter being selected simply because of who he is, what he brings to match play. It's all popularity nowadays. It's literally all popularity. That's what yeah, that's the problem with the Ryder Cup. I don't know that it's all popularity. I think, I think politically, like, and, and maybe maybe we're saying the same thing, Christian. But like, Bob, your your question of what's the riskier pick, right? The riskier pick is picking Keegan, right? Because Keegan isn't an insider, so you are risking that you know not a rift in the locker room, but you're risking you know, some of the guys not being happy that their buddy didn't get picked. So, you know, I think in, in terms of being risky versus, you know, kind of avoiding risk, I think he went the safe way. And if you, if you read between the lines and you listen to all the commentary from I love it when he has, I love it when he has a, 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 Profound, a profound point that he's trying to make, and he goes. <laughs> he's back, I think, though. He's back. He's and back. What profound back. point did we not get, Andy? I'm back. I, I, what did I leave, like, five minutes ago? You had <laughs> – the point is – Alan gave you a quiet please, and you were big. Andy thinks, Andy thinks that I am literally pausing him. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. I, I was saying that the point is that did the did you hear me about the risk versus risk averse pick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like to me, that that's the thing. And and if he if he goes and and he picks against JT, all the commentary from all the vice captains and other players nobody questioned the jt pick nobody did so the media did. media bob, did. media did bob, bad bob with with the whole azing or pod system did you think that maybe contributed any component to that that maybe is it is zach maybe prescribing to that that he needed to slot a certain guy like he he wanted somebody that you know hit does extremely well hitting the irons, which is Morikawa, versus a Keegan. That's actually the one that I'm hung up. I, I don't think JT should be there. I think it should be Glover. I think people have short term. But the, I, I've said all along it came down to it was a coin toss between Keegan and Morikawa. I, I think um, the, the pod thing with Zinger didn't play into it. Everything I'm aware of from sort of kind of inside is – um, he did his thing and it might have worked, but um, not a lot of people were buying into that. Or uh, I don't know if it's the right form to get into it here, but um, I don't think it, it had a, a bearing. Got it. But I think they still they still kind of abide by the rules of the pod, though. It's interesting. It's uh, you hear a lot of different things on the inside. Um, yeah. And maybe it's jealousy, and he wanted, and the, the, who knows? I don't know. Um, but speaking of Hall of Fame golfers, <laughs> I, I you're the segue man. I know. I was no. I was going to say either way. JT, in my opinion, is on the hot seat. 
Yeah. <laughs> By I far, think, yeah. do you think? Do you, do you honestly? Do you guys think that affects his play, knowing that he was a was a toss up for a pick? Absolutely, he's, he's going to grip it harder. But you I, know who's going to you know who's gonna be gripping? You know who's going to be gripping it t- tight right now? Christian and Zamas, because you're on the hot seat. Okay, Christian, you have to answer these questions to the best of your ability using truth and speed. How's that? Truth and speed? Yeah. No mulligans. No what's mulligans. Your low, what's your lowest 18 hole score? 67. What are your three favorite courses you've played? Harbortown, Beaver Meadows, and uh boy that's a tough one that's a tough one okay 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 could be a miniature golf course too it, it could be hago harrington's stone <laughs> what are the what are the three courses you would love to play that you haven't played that i haven't played pebble beach um st andrews and old liverpool okay Name the three best players of all time in no order. Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and Rory McElroy. Wow. What's the best part of your game, Christian? Driving. Irons, 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 irons. I lied. Irons. What's not driving? What's the worst part of your game? Potting. What in your opinion, what skill is most important to play great golf? Having the right mindset. We're getting a lot of good answers on that one. Because, you know, you would think that people are going to think of something physical. But a lot of people, mm-hmm. our, our hot seat guest last week, Alan DePew, was on mindset as well, if I remember correctly. After I also said flexibility. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, 16, okay. degree shoulder turn. Christian, PGA Tour or Liv? <laughs> Next question. Not a boy. That's my boy. That's why you're my brother. Next next question. Who's your favorite golfer, past or present? Favorite golfer, past or present? Where's Andy Ogletree? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, my favorite golfer, I pro- a past or present, Arnold Palmer. Christian, you survived the hot seat. Thank you so much. Can I actually change an answer, please? Because Rory McIlroy is not a top three golfer. It's Bobby Jones. I I want to change. I, I was panicking and I Tiger, Jack, and Bobby Jones. That was favorite. a good mulligan. Good that mulligan. Speed, speed and truthfulness. Yeah. I, I panicked, so I apologize. So, you know. All right, Bobby. 18, 18th green. Let's wrap it up. What you got? So the Hall of Fame, I don't know what everybody was doing in September of 1974, but the World Golf Hall of Fame opened in Pinehurst. Had some different iterations there. At one point, the PGA America oversaw it. I remember going to, when I was at Salem State, and we did a trip to Pinehurst, and we toured the museum. It was great. And then it ended up for 25 years in St. Augustine. Uh, I've been up there many a time. Really, really cool what they did. Unfortunately, they just could not get the right amount of um, guests there. I think they topped out at about 250000 a year. So, yes, I'm a lover of golf history. And now the World Golf Hall of Fame will be residing in Pinehurst on the second floor of the new USGA building there. So uh, looking forward, if you get to Pinehurst, if you want to see some really, really great treasures of the game, uh, that's where you have to go. It was a shame. The, what they did, I thought 
it was really, really terrific in St. Augustine. I thought what they did for that World Golf Hall of Fame was a really neat setting, but, um, you know, unfortunately it just didn't work there. And maybe the design layout, location, 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 I don't know. But um, it's a really neat thing, and I'm glad it's not going away, uh, just getting uh, moved a little bit north. So I can tell you, Bobby, I can report that construction is flying as you make this turn, come to the circle and turn right to go into the into the resort itself. It's right on the right-hand side. There's that old white building that used to be there. They're doing some repurposing of that, and the parking lot's right there. And it looks like it's going to be spectacular. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I, I heard that they were moving the, the Hall of Fame there. I didn't realize they were going to coexist in the same building with the USGA. Golf uh, if I could add one quick thing, uh, if you have anybody out there who wants to win a beer bet, um, when I was at PGA Village, we had the PGA Museum of Golf. When you walked in the Museum of Golf with the PGA, there was literally a box filled with sand, and it went back to the days of Scotland. So when anybody now says to you, which tee box are we using, and that's the American version of where we're going to start the hole, just say, um, how are we going to stand on a little box filled with sand? And then you can win a beer bet because truly you, when you say what tea box are we using, that's the wrong vernacular. But people say sand trap. People say all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's why he's a resident historian. Boom. I love that stuff. Andy Hydorn. So, you know, having worked um, in the New England region as a Callaway salesperson for so long in the early part of my career, it was always such a sprint during the season, you know, once once April 1st rolled around and, you know, all of my customers who are all the golf pros were working their asses off for all these summer months. And it's it's a sprint. It's like madness for for those summer months. And then, you know, come the beginning of September, they get to take a little breather and get to start playing in some tournaments. The section championship is always being played this time of year. Um, then they have the Pro-Am series coming up at the end of the month. Um, so it was always nice to have, have my customers get a chance to play a little golf at the end of the year. And um, today was the first day of the New England PGA Championship. And Rich Barbarian Jr., who is, albeit a national club pro champion uh, four or five years back, um, shot 59 in the first round of the New England PGA Championship today which is just an incredible round of golf. So cheers to the New England PGA and, and all those good guys up there. And amazing round of golf by Rich Barbarian. Andy, that was a wicked, awesome round of golf. Very wicked. Awesome. <laughs> it was wicked. Now that you've had a cool beverage from the hot seat, got any final thoughts? Just, um, you know, continue to, uh, to follow us on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, and most importantly, Twitter, or now it's called X, I believe, whatever the proper name is. Um, you know, uh, we have a lot of great stuff. Again, we're, I know I can't believe it's already September. It's already past Labor Day. Um, but we still have a lot of great guests coming on the show in the next few months for you guys. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I will be here moving forward as far as many times as I can as far as my work schedule goes. But I'm always here when your boy's heart, as you know. Um, you can't get rid of me that easily. So, um and I hope that uh, Zach Johnson's picks were were worth it. And I've got a one and one A for my final thoughts. One is 
tiger was seen walking a golf course in south florida caddying for charlie matter of fact it's all over social so that's a good sign and then secondary it's kind of a don't be that guy andy don't be a tournament official and cut underneath ropes trying to drive the player the competitor back to the 18th tee and for the playoff at the women's irish open and van dam driver gets caught in the ropes rips it off the bag snaps the club head she loses in the playoff don't be that driver or driver or official <laughs> that's it peace out boys You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Alan DePew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.